You're listening to Gleanings, the monthly newsletter from Strategies at Work, podcast edition, September 1st, 2008. Upcoming events. Charlie was responsible for new product development for his company. His latest assignment was very challenging. As a result, he was stuck. Brainstorming with colleagues and staff failed to produce the needed breakthrough. Funding was on the line. Charlie needed a solution. What was he to do? Attend the executive forum and hear Charlie's inspiring story. Learn how ordinary people can make an extraordinary difference by living the reality of their faith in Christ. The next executive forum is 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Friday, September 19th in Plano, Texas. To register, visit the website strategieswork.com. In a world rebelling against God, it is difficult to understand the correlation between success in business and God. The reality is that God, the creator of the universe, is the source of all blessings, including economic blessings. Therefore, economic blessings are the direct result of alignment with God's purposes. This edition of the Business Transformation Series, titled Biblical Worldview of Business, will focus on the biblical worldview that every organization needs to enjoy sustained economic favor. Register today to discover keys to financial, business, and career success in God's universe. See strategieswork.com for details. The most popular seminar offered by Strategies at Work is the Strategic Life Alignment Seminar. This seminar will equip you with tools and a methodology for discerning your life purpose. Don't miss this opportunity to learn biblical principles that will help you discover your destiny. Peace, joy, and satisfaction will be yours only if you discover and fulfill your life purpose. The next Strategic Life Alignment Seminar will be November 21st and 22nd in Novato, California. Visit the website strategieswork.com for details and other events. And now Dr. Chester brings us a message titled, Customer Service. Really? Organizations both for-profit and not-for-profit frequently tout customer service as one of their chief priorities. As noble as this sounds, and as much as we want it to be true, is it really true? To test this claim, consider some illustrations from my own experience, which I suspect is not significantly different from yours. I have noticed that for-profit organizations seek to eliminate obstacles that discourage sales. Most companies offer a toll-free phone number. When you call the number, you'll wait for probably a few seconds. This makes buying for most companies relatively easy and pleasant. But often things change after you become a customer and need service. For example, most companies don't offer a toll-free number for customer service. Hence, you will probably be put into a queue when you call. Wait times in the queue vary. I've experienced wait times as short as a minute and as long as 30 minutes. Clearly, the message is that if you need support, you're not as important as someone who wants to make a purchase. My widowed mother recently experienced a frustrating customer service adventure courtesy of the IRS. In June, she received a notice from the IRS that she should receive her tax rebate by early July, and if she didn't, she was to call a certain number. She didn't receive the check. Repeated attempts to call the phone number failed. Each time, the number was busy, with no option to leave a message. She made a personal visit to a local IRS office. They were unable to help 
and merely gave her the same phone number that she had been unsuccessfully trying to call. Sadly, we're not surprised at poor service from the IRS because it is a government agency. Poor customer service is also frequently the reality of non-government agencies. A few years ago, I had an experience with Sprint that illustrated this point. When I walked into a local Sprint store seeking information about my wireless service plan, I was placed into a queue and told to take a number. The wait time was about 15 minutes. While I was waiting, a lady came in and was helped immediately. She didn't have to take a number or wait in the queue. Curious, I asked the store manager about this situation. He explained that she was not yet a customer, hence she received priority service. Established customers had to wait in line. Nonprofits, including churches, are also guilty of poor customer service. For example, in the church world, church members are the customers. I have found that many pastors and church staff frequently fail to timely respond to church members' communications, and in some cases they don't respond at all. When organizations respond to customers' efforts to get support with no sense of urgency, customers naturally feel devalued. Furthermore, customer service practices such as those noted above create ill will with customers. This is true of every type of organization because all organizations are in the service business. This includes businesses, schools, professionals, government agencies, and nonprofits. In my personal experience, poor customer service seems to be the norm. However, there are a few exceptions, and when these exceptions happen, it is an unexpected breath of fresh air. Recently, when we took my wife's car in for service, my wife and I enjoyed a very pleasant experience with Rachel Ritchie, a service advisor at Sewell Cadillac. My wife's car lease was nearly up. Rachel, without consideration to her own commission, assessed the situation and recommended the level of service that was most cost-effective for us. Over the years, I've used a number of service advisors and, with few exceptions, I have found that the service advisors usually put their own commissions ahead of my interest. But Rachel clearly did not. My compliments to her. Needless to say, Rachel's selfless actions endeared her to us and reflected well on her organization. This is what good customer service will do. Other organizations that value and practice a high level of customer service are, for example, EMC and Southwest Airlines. EMC is so committed to outstanding customer service, they have eliminated any profit requirement from the customer service effort. Furthermore, unlike most companies, they do not shield their technical support people from customer service, but view customer service as the responsibility of everyone in the organization. EMC assumes that a customer's problem is EMC's problem until it is solved, even if the problem does not belong to them. Southwest Airlines practices a philosophy known as Customer Second. This philosophy is rooted in the company's desire to provide outstanding customer service. By treating their workers well, Southwest experiences the results of the principle of sowing and reaping. They sow goodwill into their workers and harvest workers who sow goodwill into customers. What produces such exceptional customer service at Sewell Cadillac, EMC, and Southwest Airlines? I believe it is the practice of biblical principles. If your organization wants to deliver truly outstanding customer service, it must practice biblical principles. After all, the only principles that work in God's universe are God's principles. The key principle of excellent customer service is the golden rule, Galatians 5.14. Always put yourself 
in the shoes of your customers and your workers. Treat them the way that you would like to be treated. Another key principle is to go the extra mile. Matthew 5 verse 41. When a customer seeks service, assume the best about the customer and advocate for the customer to help them solve the problem. Remember that the principle of sowing and reaping really does work. Galatians 6, 7. When you sow goodwill into your customers and workers, you will reap a good harvest. If your organization practices these principles, you will deliver outstanding customer service. One of the ways to validate that your organization has succeeded in delivering world-class customer service is by verifying that your customers are making buying decisions with customer service in mind. This is the ultimate compliment for any organization. 